When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley-Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. I hope you're uh, uh, feeling well and happy on a, what is a beautiful sunny morning, certainly here where I am at Talk Radio Towers. I hope it is for you as well. And uh, well, things are looking up. No uh, Super League, that looks good. Uh, We're looking at uh, events uh, opening up around the country after the uh, COVID trial of uh, the World Snooker Championships revealed there were no COVID uh, COVID spread. I mean, of course there wasn't. Why was anyone thinking there would be? British Awards is the next indoor event, an indoor live acts event that's going to be trialled. Uh, the prospect of those uh, COVID passports suggesting that we will be able to go abroad, but of course, still the issue of COVID passports as an option uh, within our country, not something that's acceptable to me or many other people. Um, lots to talk about in the wake of a uh, Derek Chauvin trial, whether or not uh, there's uh, lessons to be learned here in Britain as well. And uh, the former Defence Minister, Johnny Mercer, hitting out at the government uh, after he was, he says, forced to resign after to wanting to resign the day later. Uh, so lots to talk about, but uh, Tommy cronyism seems to be the big story politically on more of the front pages than others. Let's talk about that with my guest who's joining me all this morning, uh, barrister and political commentator Bobby Friedman. Good morning to you. Morning, Julia. Good morning. I mean, you'd think if we were talking about, you know, uh, cronyism and corruption and sleaze and things, we, we could just talk about the, the, the European Super League, couldn't we, really? And, and politics generally, but, but no. Um, now, there have been lots of allegations, haven't there, about David Cameron and the Greensill affair. And I have to say, it was a story that I didn't get into for quite a long time because it seemed jolly complicated. And, well, of course, former prime ministers text, uh, you know, their old colleagues in government uh, lobbying. But when you realise, you know, that these people had access to government even before uh, David Cameron had left office and all this, it, the plot has thickened on that. And I think there are an awful lot of people, uh, whether they are uh, Tory supporters or Labour supporters or others, who think it doesn't really pass the smell test. Um, when it comes to the accusations raised by Sir Keir Starmer yesterday and in some of the papers yesterday as well about Sir James Dyson, you know, one of the great British success stories, self-made billionaire uh, and uh, inventor. Um, 
uh, and let's say an awful lot of people have got his products in their homes. Um, the accusation that there has been some sort of, well, sleaze, 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 as Keir Starmer put it at PMQs yesterday, involving these text messages between Dyson and Boris Johnson. Um, I'm not entirely sure this one really hits the mark. The idea that the Prime Minister was being asked to sort of sort out a temporary tax arrangement so that people, experts from Dyson's firm, who were from, coming from all over the world, from places where they live, to come and try and help us out in making emergency ventilators at a time of crisis uh, as we uh, hit the first wave of this pandemic. And this and Dyson wanted to check that these people were not going to be facing a double whammy on on their tax bill because already being taxed where they live, they're coming over sort of to try and help out the country. Um, and Boris Johnson assuring them that that's fine and that tax arrangement being made, which helped engineers, um, health workers, scientists and everybody. Um, I'm not, I, I just don't think the word sleaze comes into it, does it? Not at all. The, the key thing that you need for a lobbying scandal is that someone is trying to make money out of it or trying to get a benefit out of it. James Dyson was not trying to get anything out of it. He was trying to do something to, to help the nation. And I remember being sat there uh, thanking our lucky stars that we had companies like Dyson. And I know, I know we didn't end up using yeah. those vaccinators. So that's not the point, because everyone was trying to put them together. And that's what Dyson was doing. So he wasn't trying to get a benefit out of it. In fact, cost him, I think, 20 million pounds to to help this national effort. It, it was something completely altruistic. And of course, it made sense, because if you're going to do somebody a favour, you want to make sure that it's not going to cost you even more money than it well, is to, well, to, to do them that favour. Cost your staff. Now, these aren't people going, oh, yeah, we're on millions and we just don't want to pay our fair share of tax. They were only coming to Britain to try and help us out to save lives in this country. And that's why they were coming to Britain, so they could all work together to, here to help develop these ventilators quickly and, 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 and hopefully save lives. And that was the plan. Um, yeah, I, I, they, they weren't asking for a tax benefit. They were just asking not to basically get a tax hit for doing something they were going to they're paying tax where they live they don't live in this country they didn't want to get taxed we've got some very stringent rules you know people off could end up paying a double hit you could end up paying sort of 80 percent tax yeah i mean i think i mean look it's a complicated business most of us don't have these international tax arrangements let's face it and most voters don't and and but surely most people will just hear about this and just shrug and move on I think if anything, this is helpful to the government because you have text messages from the prime minister saying, look, we will do whatever it takes to get yeah. ventilators. At the time, I remember, we will all remember yeah. uh, Boris Johnson, Rishi Sunak saying, we will do whatever it takes. Yeah. So the test for me is, would you do it again? Would I, would I want the government to do exactly the same thing? So going back to a time when, and look, we all know that actually the, the rush for ventilators actually wasn't that as important as we all thought at the time. Yeah. But going back and knowing with the state of the knowledge at the time, scientists would say, get ventilators at any cost. Would I want the government to do this again? Absolutely. Yeah. Can you imagine if Boris Johnson had turned around to James Dyson and said, sorry, we're not going to give you the assurances about, about your tax status. And so... Yeah, just don't bother. Don't bother trying to actually create any ventilators yeah. to save lives. Absolutely. Imagine what the outcome would have been then, uh, uh, the outcry to that. And Shadow Business Minister Lacey Powell, MP, who has said, uh, admitted on, on Politics Live yesterday on BBC, that, uh, yeah, actually, yeah, Keir Starmer would probably have done exactly the same, whatever it takes. Yes, indeed, I, I, I thought it, it, it actually could put the government in rather a good light. Um, but there is a lot of that Tory cronyism stuff, these accusations that, that are sticking. The Labour has called for the Liaison Committee to uh, probe 
of this and to question Boris Johnson about it. And that committee, of course, chaired by Bernard Jenkin, who is a Tory backbench MP, very senior MP, um, and he has has raised questions about this and how you know this not not the Dyson affair, but that there that there is there is an issue here. There is um. Um, there are concerns about about access for uh, the, the very wealthy to and to lobby and you know we we've, we've seen all the accusations regarding PP. I have a feeling you know, come the public inquiry into the whole COVID affair, there's going to be a lot of questions raised about the, the PPE um, procurement as well. And and again, it is not that look there have been companies that were set up that were fraudulent and people got money and and they shouldn't have and and people didn't do a lot of due diligence. It, it, we've as you say, and I think that's such an important. Point you made think back to where we were i'm sitting there thinking presenting this show from a spare bedroom um with my flask of tea next to me on a headphone and and and, and being ill with covid already myself and we were watching what played out in china watching what was playing out in 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 italy and how frankly absolutely terrified everybody was i mean absolutely now we've learned a lot since and in fact we learned a lot within even a month or two of that where i think that we would have learned we would we would if we'd had that information done things differently but you've got to judge people based on the information they had at the time exactly you can't you can't use perfect hindsight and obviously people do call Keir Starmer captain hindsight and i think there is uh, a, a good measure of that now and you you're right julia the this is there are very serious questions to to answer over what's happened with with, with Greensill Capital. That looks extremely serious, and as you said, look, I don't, we don't know all the details yet. But from what we know, it doesn't pass the sniff test. You have you you have a, a, a complete crossing of boundaries in ter, in terms of uh, how how David Cameron was acting, using his former position. All of that seems, at first blanche, very serious. But that doesn't mean that every single contact that, yeah. that is had between a businessman and a politician must be corrupt somehow. Yes. And still less in the middle of COVID. And you know, on on the on the PPE point, again, we know that very large sums of money were spent on PPE and there will be an inquiry and there needs to be an inquiry on that. But again, put us back in the position we're in. There were people in the NHS, there were doctors and nurses in the NHS treating COVID patients without having basic protection. And I do think there is a justification for the government to say, well, look, we are, we, like the rest of the world, we're just trying to get as much PPE as yeah. possible as soon as possible. That's not normal times. No, exactly. Again, so I still remember very vividly the reports that American officials from their embassies around the world were literally just standing in airports and 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 just saying, is any, you know, is, is is anyone is anyone shipping PPE and paying sort of fifty thousand pounds extra for each shipment, saying to send it to America and putting it on a plane to America. I mean, there was it, these were very desperate times. Um, let's talk about the desperate times for football. Um, it was the fans what won it. Uh, is is the uh, is very much the, the cry uh, after the Super League uh, has been defeated. Um, we had John Barnes on the show yesterday, former England footballer, uh, who was really very adamant that, you know, uh, this, all the players and all the clubs saying they're all about the fans. Well, you know, we need to have a, a, a wage cap and, and, and make sure we put you know, players... Uh, need to accept the fact that you know they're they're fleecing the fans when they demand these extra these huge amounts of money, um, and and the agents get paid and they get paid, uh, and the clubs basically pass that on to the fans. They're not they're not looking after the fans. Um, so there is now a lot of talk about going forward with this review, uh, which Tracy Crouch, the former sports minister, is is hosting, and and we and we we spoke to her earlier in the week as well, to try and sort of see look at the governance of the of the football uh, industry, which is what it is now uh, in this country. Um, and there's lots of talk about an independent uh, sort of regulator in the same way that say what we do in radio and TV is governed by Ofcom and, and you don't actually have a free for all. Um, 
But we've seen the interesting, the interesting developments. We've seen a number of the, the the clubs that were planning to join the Super League apologising to their fans. There's a lot of prostrating on the floor, apologising. But uh, Florentino Perez, uh, who is the Real Madrid president, who basically is behind uh, the European Super League plan, has uh, refused to back down in his defence of the league. He insists that anyone who thinks a project is dead is completely wrong. Uh, and he says that all 12 clubs signed a legally binding contract and he said nobody has left yet. What do you make of that? I think that's wishful thinking on his part now. There's no going back for, for the clubs for the moment. I do think, though, that... It is just a sign of, of where football has been has been going. You only have to look at the FA Cup and how that competition, which in the even you know, when I was a kid, uh, oh, you know, I sit huge. down with my da- sit down with my dad at midday and we would watch the whole thing for five hours. It was the you know biggest day of the year. How that has been eroded, and that's one example of where the the power in football has gone. Now, look, uh, Julia, I was involved a few years ago. My, the club that I support, Leighton Orient, almost went out of business, and as a as a barrister, uh, I, I helped out on on that, trying to save the club. And so, I've got quite a lot of first hand experience of seeing what happens when you have bad owners in mm. terms of football clubs. I've been calling for a long time for not just an independent regulator, but it seems to me you either need the 50 plus one rule of fan ownership, or if not, I think there's quite a good analogy actually with pension schemes where you have a regulator who can step in and replace the trustee of a pension scheme if they're not looking after people's money in the right way. And I look at football clubs in the same way. They're community assets. Uh, They aren't just businesses. And the only way you, you actually can do this is that you should have uh, a regulator that can step in and actually forcibly remove owners by their share out yep. of whatever it's worth um, if they are mismanaging the asset. Because otherwise, it's not going to be the Super League. But believe me, we're, we're really getting an expanded Champions League, which is going to affect domestic competition. And, and in five years, ten years' time, there'll be something else because yeah. it is just about the money these days. Exactly. I, mean, you say, I think Perez is right. It, it hasn't gone away. But it's extraordinary, though. He's been working on this project for three years. Uh, there's no way that uh, the, the, those billionaire owners from around the world are going to walk away entirely from that if they think they can, for a better phrase, get away with it. Uh, lots more to talk about, including uh, COVID passports. And uh, apparently we are cutting aid to China, according to the Foreign Secretary. It's going to be cut 95% down to less than a million pounds. Why on earth are we giving a single penny to a world economic and military superpower, you might ask? Well, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show as well and plenty more besides. Uh, Right now, the time is 6.46. This is Talk Radio. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and give me a good review. And don't forget to catch me on the Talk Radio Breakfast Show every weekday from 6.30 until 10. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.